This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. To ancient Babylon and Samaria, the stars in the heavens were believed to be gods, and they were worshipped in the temples of Baal. It has been discovered that their star charts and the study of orbital paths are astonishingly accurate, having calculations that until recent times were believed to be unknown. But there is an oddity in their descriptions of the planets in our solar system that revolve around our sun. While their information is precisely accurate in every aspect, there is one difference between their drawings of the planets and what we have today. An extra planet. This planet, called Nibiru, has been the speculation of conspiracy theorists and archaeologists for years since the discovery. But the planet itself and the worship of that planet is nothing new. To archaeologists studying with scriptural basis, the general theory is that <clears throat> Nibiru is described in the book of Revelation as wormwood. Revelations 8.11 says this, The name of the star is wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood, and many people died from the water because it was made bitter. Throughout the Bible, <clears throat> wormwood is used to describe bitterness. The word itself means bitterness. Proverbs 5.3 says this, For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood. Lamentations 3. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. Amos 5. O you who turn justice to wormwood and cast down righteousness to the earth. <clears throat> Amos 6. But you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. Each instance in the scriptures regarding wormwood is describing sinful and unrighteous descriptions of those who refuse to walk in the pathway of God. 
Never in scriptures do you find a single instance of wormwood as a good thing, because it was extremely bitter tasting. Where righteousness is sweet as honey, unrighteousness is as bitter as wormwood. In the occult, however, wormwood is reversed. It was a sacred herb to the Druids, considered to be magical. Very toxic in high doses, the alchemist must be careful with its usage. But used properly, the plant induces a spiritual ecstasy that is said to increase psychic powers, divination, and prophecy, all of which is condemned as an abomination before God and forbidden under Mosaic law, <coughs> except, of course, for prophecy. However, prophecy that does not come from Yahweh is condemned. The Greek word translated to wormwood in English is apenthos, A-P-S-I-N-T-H-O-S. Literally translated, it means bitter. But the Hebrew counterpart is lana, L-A-A-N-A-H. And this word is not only used to describe extremely bitter, but it is also used to describe an awful curse. In some instances, it could be literally translated to bitter curse. But what is interesting is that while the book of Revelation describes a star falling from heaven with this name, there is another book that references Wormwood. It is a book that William Branham was very familiar with, and one that many of his divine revelations were copied from, and that is the book of Enoch. In the book of Enoch, seven evil archangels are described as being cast into the pit of the fire. One of these fallen angels is Lana, or Wormwood. The book of Enoch is where William Branham got the false teaching that Enoch lived to be 500 years old and walked with Noah, while the Bible clearly states that Enoch walked 365 years and was translated. The book of Enoch is filled with Gnostic teaching, deemed to be heresy by Branham's choice of the church angels Irenaeus. The Gnostics are condemned. In his book Against Heresies, Irenaeus condemns these Gnostics who incorporated pagan worship into Christianity. But William Branham not only integrated the fallen angel Wormwood into his theology, Branham described this evil, this unrighteous, this fallen angel as one of the good guys. Freemason teaching incorporates the book of Enoch into their theology. But unlike Christians, we find that the fallen angels are actually revered in the evil known as Freemasonry. Masons worship Tubal-Cain, who they believe to have led the rebellion of the fallen angels. Wicca and other pagan religions also worship fallen angels and attribute their sorcery to powers given to them by the fallen angels that are led by Lucifer. Raphael is the archangel for healing, one that casts an emerald-colored light similar to what William Branham described during his healing campaigns. William Branham copied 
much of his theology from Charles Taze Russell, also well known to be a Freemason. Russell, the cult leader of the Watchtower Society, better known as the Jehovah's Witnesses, included angelic worship into his theology. In fact, just like William Branham did, Russell taught that Jesus Christ was Michael the Archangel. Also, like Branham, Russell emphasized the prophet side of Jesus, like Muhammad, while describing Christ as one of the angels. Both taught, both William Branham and Russell, taught that the Holy Spirit left Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Under this theology, the archangel Michael left the body of Christ, leaving Christ to die as just a man. Christians who are taught the Christ of the Bible are fully aware that a man cannot take away the sins of the world and that Jesus Christ was God. But Branham considered his false teaching of the Archangel Michael leaving Christ's body to be more of an event even than the work that Christ did on Calvary. In 1957, Branham says this, He died more of a death in Gethsemane than he died on the cross. 1957-0418, the communion is the sermon. But it gets really weird when you consider Branham's descriptions of the spiritual realm in the Garden of Gethsemane. After he describes Michael leaving the body of Christ, he talks about how the angels stood around Christ. We have Michael, who obviously... Branham claims to have left and came out of Jesus. But then we have Wormwood, the fallen angel. Branham mentions Wormwood all throughout his ministry. Sometimes he mistakenly calls this evil angel Woodworm instead of Wormwood. In a 1959 sermon entitled Conference with God, Branham describes all of the angels in the Garden of Gethsemane, looking at Jesus, who he claims is now just a man. The only three angels that are mentioned are Gabriel and Michael and Woodworm. Two angels that are the good guys and one fallen angel. He says, oh, there was Gabriel, Michael, Wormwood, all the thousands of them sitting around that rock. And what's strange is William Branham admits that Wormwood is a fallen angel as early as 1951. So he knows this is one of the bad guys. In the sermon entitled, The Hour is Come, William Branham says this. He says, he's called Wormwood. He falls down. He has control of the waters. Now what is William Branham doing preaching about a fallen angel, especially when he knows that Woodworm is a fallen angel. It's interesting because later in 1951, a sermon entitled, Believest Thou This? Branham describes Wormwood communicating with the Master. He says, I can see them come up. He's called Wormwood. He's the angel over the waters. I can see him rustle up quick up beside the throne and say, Master, have you looked down there? 
why they're fixing up to burn up these faithful believers. I can hear the master say, yes, Wormwood. I've watched them all night long. 1951-05-06-A. Believest thou this? Freemasons do believe that fallen angels have a master. And they worship the master, who they call Tubal-Cain. Notice that William Branham does not name the master when describing this fallen angel. This is the tactic used by several Masons when integrating their false teaching into Christian religion. Later in 1951, Branham says this, Up from this side comes another angel. He's called Wormwood, the one who has control over the water, saying, Master, have you looked down in Babylon? 1951-09-30, what think ye of Christ? Again, the word master is used, and William Branham is describing a fallen angel. Yahweh would not have been communicating with a fallen angel, and we know that one cannot serve two masters. There can only be one master to whom William Branham was referring. He continues mentioning Wormwood or Woodworm over and over and over in his association of the story about Babylon. But then, after this strange and Gnostic theology that Branham gives with authority, all of a sudden he pretends that he doesn't know the name of this fallen angel. He says, I can hear the master say, Gabriel, you're true. You've been a real angel. You've done everything I've told you to do since I created you. But put back that sword in your sheath. I cannot let you go. And Gabriel sheathed the sword and stood at attention at his side. Then Branham says this, here comes another angel. What's his name? Is that Wormwood? He's got a control over all the waters. Now, he's used this name many, many times. Either Wormwood, or sometimes he says Woodworm, but he knows who he's talking about. When William Branham describes the two angels that, he, that spoke with Abraham, he places this fallen angel into the story. Branham says this, We're made out of 16 elements. He just got some potash and some calcium and petroleum and cosmic light and... Whew, step in that, Gabriel, a body. Step in that wormwood. He stepped in it. Two angels out of heaven, Branham says. 1957-0901-E, Hebrews chapter 4. I've heard the term sola scriptura used time and again regarding William Branham's teaching. This Latin phrase means by scripture alone. Nothing added to it simply the Word of God. Yet these ministers, they play these recorded sermons that has integrated Freemason teachings that include the worship of angels. And not even the good guys. They're filling their cult churches with worship of fallen angels without even knowing it. Every person who's sitting in a pew thinking they're serving God by listening to this blasphemy do not even realize that they're under a spell. They're sitting under a sorcerer who has tricked them into worship of fallen angels. They're sitting under a spell, believing this sorcerer is a vindicated prophet, while they have never taken the time to study a single prophecy to see if the prophecy has vindicated the prophet. In Colossians 2, 
Paul condemns these men, like William Branham, who introduced the worship of fallen angels into their doctrines. Paul says, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels. Those two things, asceticism, forbidding yourself the pleasures of the world, thinking that you're becoming holy by your works. What did William Branham do? Exactly that. Worship of angels. He's worshiping wormwood all throughout. The next Paul says, going on in detail about visions. I dare you to compare William Branham's sermons side by side and see how many times he goes on in detail about visions. Paul says, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Even those who went with Branham from town to town to town claimed he had a sensuous mind. Paul says, and not holding fast to the head, and the word head is capitalized. The head is Christ. Not holding fast to the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through all its joints and ligaments, grows a growth that is from God. If Christ, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, the fallen angels, Paul says, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Why are you sitting in those pews listening to this garbage? Many have defended Branham's false teaching that was stolen from Charles Taze Russell that Christ was nothing more than the angel Michael and that the Holy Spirit left Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mostly pastors. These pastors, teaching every Sunday from behind the pulpits, can quote to you every single false doctrine that William Branham taught from his Masonic roots. They can muster Branhamisms as arguments to each and every apologetic finding that shows Branham to be a false prophet and a false teacher. But these pastors, claiming to teach you Christianity, while they can quote Branham like a broken record, they cannot quote the scriptures that condemn the cult leader. Branham's worship of the fallen angel Wormwood and the worship of the archangel Michael is negated by the very first chapter in Hebrews. Paul says this, Long ago, in many times and many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Notice he said, long ago. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Michael the archangel did not create the world. And notice when God spoke through the prophets, long ago. Find one single instance of the phrase, thus saith the Lord, used in the entire New Testament. Try to find it. <clears throat> of Jesus Christ, Paul says this, He is the radiance of glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, God's nature. <clears throat> and he, <clears throat> he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of, <clears throat> of the majesty on high having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited 
is much more excellent than theirs. It sounds as though Paul is directly arguing with William Branham, especially in this next part, because Paul <clears throat> seems to be reaching through the pages, begging you to understand that Jesus Christ is above the angels. Paul says next, For to whom of the angels did God say, You are my son? He did not say, For God said to the angel, Michael. He said, for to, for to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? Paul says, or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And then, again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. If Charles Taze Russell the cult leader of the Watchtower Society, was correct. This would have Michael worshiping himself. We know it's not possible. Paul said, let all God's angels worship him. He says of the angels, he says, he makes angel, his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. <clears throat> but of the sun, no notice, there's a clear separation here. We talked about the angels. We talked about the ministers. Then he says, But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. Paul just made a solid argument, separating Christ from the angels. The angels were never the Son of God. They were never heir to the throne. But while William Branham lessened Christ by making him just a man, Paul worshipped Christ as the Son of the living God. Branham lessened, Paul raised up. Paul worshipped Christ as the Son of the living God, one with God, and as God. The entire rest of the chapter is nothing more than worship of Jesus Christ as God. Paul says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond all of your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe you will roll them up. Like a garment they will be changed, but you are the same, and yours will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Paul just did it again. He separates Christ from the angels. Paul says, Are they not ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Paul just said the angels are to serve us. We are to worship Christ as God. I recently spoke with a man who has recently escaped the cult of William Branham. Under Branham's theology, this man did not understand that Christ was God. He listened to the tapes. He knew what Branham said. He knew that Branham said he was a man on the cross. How could this be? He died just as a man. 
So he did not understand that Jesus Christ was God. Yet the Bible clearly says this. You cult pastors, what is wrong with you? Why are you filling your, the hearts of your people with the worship of fallen angels? Why do you study the Masonic teachings of William Branham more than your Bibles? Why do you throw your Bibles under the bus whenever conflicts are found in William Branham's failed prophecies? Has the Word of God lost its respect with you? Have you grown tired of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And would you rather fill your congregations with the worship of demons? May God have mercy. May he have compassion on all of the people who sit there unknowingly worshiping fallen angels. Worshiping wormwood.